Welcome to Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of Locked On Cardinals is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Bo and I have done 13 podcasts already this morning via Twitter. Um, You do not want to miss Throwdown Thursday 4.0 coming up in the last segment. We didn't need to do a Twitter poll today to decide what the conversation was going to be about we are going to continue the conversation from yesterday, central lines around Cliff Kingsbury and his ability or lack thereof to continue to be the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals moving forward. Follow Bo at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Thank you to everybody who's watching. We're still trying to figure out Apple Podcasts. Download the Odyssey app. Go to odyssey.com. Search Locked On Arizona Cardinals. Google Locked On Arizona Cardinals Odyssey, and you'll be able to find it there. Stitcher. Google Play, Spotify, all the usual suspects. Uh, we've got an interesting podcast today. Uh, we're going to talk about Julio Jones because why not at this point? Kind of getting into the slow season, the what ifs, the what if for the Arizona Cardinals, and the what could potentially be the worst case scenario if Julio Jones happens to end up in the NFC West. And also, Pro Football Focus put out a regrading of the 2020 draft. Bo's going to take over that in the second segment. And we're going to see where the Cardinals lay now after a full season with the players that they have drafted. Bo, um, little teaser to that. Just a refresher. How did PFF grade the Cardinals draft initially? The Arizona Cardinals received an A+. Huh. An A+. Now, if you just kind of remember the 2020 season, I know Alex, he only remembers a little bit after our conversation this morning on Twitter. <laughs> um, they didn't have a whole lot of impact from their 2020 class. I mean, your first rounder played around 35% of the defensive snaps in Isaiah Simmons. Josh Jones only came in in jumbo packages. And then your your two fourth rounders played. And then your last two picks didn't even see, see the playing field. Evan Weaver, the linebacker out of Cal. And Eno Benjamin, the running back out of ASU. So uh, interesting to see where that A-plus has, where it's been regraded. You can't yeah. go up. I know, I know that... Uh, Somebody was saying that uh, you can you, that you can get an A plus plus. Was it Michael Scott that said that? He didn't know you can get A plus plus. So uh, they don't do those at least at Pro Football Focus. So the only way they could go, uh, and it, one could just assume that it's it's not going to be an A plus. Yeah, uh, that'll be interesting to talk about. We're going to do that in the second segment. But first, listen. Let's just. It's fun to talk about this because this is why you get into radio or podcasting is what if situations. Uh, if I would have told you. You know, in in the beginning of 2019, that DeAndre Hopkins would end up on the Arizona Cardinals. You said I was crazy. So crazier things have happened. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, that's pretty crazy. Uh, Julio Jones, Bo, we kind of we crunched some numbers, kind of, to see if it would even be possible to acquire uh, Julio Jones, whether it be for draft capital, players maybe an option if you're going to swap swap for for salaries to make it a little bit more feasible. If you could get the money to work for the next two years, he has a, there's an opt-out after the 2022 season. Would you trade for Julio Jones? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> it's silly season. Why not? Why? Yeah. I mean, you took you you brought in AJ Green. If we're gonna take like wide receivers that were great a season or more ago, why not? Why not? I, I would rather have Julio Jones than AJ Green. I know Julio Jones in a down season had what. 700 yards last year. Uh, it would be a perfect complement to DeAndre Hopkins. He would be a perfect 
way to help develop a player of Kyler Murray's caliber and take a step in the th- in his third season. Why not? If you can make the money work. Uh, I mean, the big risk and what the risk is that you've already kind of taken on are these players that are in their 30s that you'll probably have to pay them an extra season and kind of be handcuffed a little bit cap-wise. But what we've seen this offseason and what we've seen the last couple offseasons, our friend over at the uh, Locked On Falcons, uh, ironic enough talking about Julio Jones, Aaron Freeman has pointed out, like, the, the cap's a myth. Like, you can make it work, you know? So I, I don't know what uh, – I don't know why you would say no to Julio Jones. It's not going to cost you a first-rounder. If it does, I'll be kind of flabbergasted. But I don't think uh, – why not? Let's play Madden. Yeah, I mean – <laughs> like it'd be the greatest roster from 2015 ever constructed, you know, uh, fanboy, obviously Julio Jones would Larry Fitzgerald let Julio Jones wear his number. Um, Julio Jones <laughs> lining up on the outside. Like you put those three guys together. And even if they're, even if AJ green and Julio Jones are 55 to 65% of what they were at one point, it's an upgrade, obviously. Um, the dummy years has been a popular thing, and Aaron Freeman's right. Like the cap is. Look at what the Chiefs have done. They gave Chris Jones almost hundred million dollars, and they gave Patrick Mahomes five hundred million dollars, pretty much in the same offseason, mm-hmm. because Patrick Mahomes decided to take less guaranteed money. You can kick the ball down the road as long as you want. You're just gonna have to eat it at they some can. point. Look at what the Patriots did for ten years. Look at what the Saints have done, and they got out of cap hell. Right, but man, I mean, they've made things work. I mean, the Saints had creditors coming at knocking on their door yeah. every day this offseason, and they're fine. They were yeah. even able to bring back uh, Jameis Winston on a, on a pretty decent deal, probably one that he didn't deserve. But yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just you can make it work. Uh, you, you are kind of locking in, and but you have that luxury with Kyler Murray being on the contract that he is. Why why not give him the best? Why not? I mean, when you looked at it last year, like the Antonio Brown to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, I, I like that Jason Light. And Tom Brady and Bruce Arians, all the powers that be, the decision makers over there, were just like, why the hell not? I know that he's got all of his baggage, but does he make us better? Yeah. I mean, would you rather have Christian Kirk or Julio Jones? Yeah. I think it's the easy answer. Uh, yeah. I mean, and the Cardinals are going to have to figure out a way to circumvent their their deep black hole at the tight end position from, re- from a receiving perspective. Yeah. So... Just, you can't run four wide receiver sets every play, right? I mean, I mean, they do need they do need to figure out a way. I just like, yeah, obviously, not going to happen. Yeah, it's, um, it's a pipe dream. You know, it's a pipe it's dream. a pipe dream. <laughs> I but, but if you are put in a position, yeah, why not make a call? <laughs> I mean, what's make up? a Ter- call, Terry Fontenot? What's going on? It's Steve Kime. What's it going to yeah. take? Okay, that's yeah. See if see if see if Tommy D's got any inside info from from last year and a couple years ago, right. Mr. Dimitrov. See, you know what, Tommy, help us. Um, yeah. So let's pivot here. Yeah. What would be, we do know that there are three teams that make up the rest of the NFC West that don't give a rip. Mm-mm. Don't care. Don't give grandchildren away to get players. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they are three of the most risk taking organizations in the NFL. I mean, they're probably three of the top five in San Francisco, the Rams. And I mean, obviously we'd have to look down the list, but what Seattle has done with Jamal Adams, Carlos Dunlap, etc., And what the Rams have done with their whole flipping roster and the 49ers 
you know, with the wizard that I know you love up there and Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, you get credit for 10 lost seasons every year. It's puzzling and scary to think of what could be with Julio Jones on any of those rosters. Well, the one that would benefit the most from it would be San Francisco. Yeah, of course. Because you've got the yak pros, guys who can't run routes beyond the line of scrimmage between Brandon Ayuk and, and Debo Samuel. So if you do have a guy that has uh, the ability to go and, and be the you know elite route runner that Julio Jones is, then that that gets a little scary. I don't care if you're. I don't. Care, I mean, Jimmy G. He might throw, overthrow Emmanuel Sanders, but he probably doesn't overthrow Julio Jones. You know, I, I think that that that's that's legitimately scary. I mean, you've already got you know. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett up there in Seattle. If you add Julio Jones, it becomes okay. You've only got a one one football scenario, but it, it it's a better off. All of these these teams would improve. Even the the Rams. He's like, okay, you've got uh, Cooper Cup, you've got Robert Woods, you've got Deshaun Jackson, you've got the was it two two um was his name? What was the big Matt Well Matt Well Mel Kiper special? Matt Well, yeah. That uh, yeah. I mean, you just got a very crowded room, but Julio Jones immediately becomes. You know, probably wide receiver one in every single one of the division foes locker rooms outside of the Cardinals. See, that's really interesting. Two of those three teams don't have a wide receiver one. Like Robert Woods is the de facto wide receiver one. He's a two. Cooper Woods is a two. And (laughs) if you ask some people, especially fantasy football owners, Julio Jones has been a wide receiver two for the last three years. You know, he doesn't get he doesn't get those inside the 20 yard line targets. Those go to Calvin Ridley. Those go to Russell Gage. Those go to Austin Hooper. He's a between-the-20s guy. That's how they've used him over the last handful of years where Julio Jones should be catching 10, 12 touchdowns a year, and he's just not. But, I mean, you put him anywhere with any sort of – I mean, you give him 100 targets a year, he's going to be happy, especially 32 if he can stay healthy. But we'll see. I mean, chances are there's names that have reached out like uh, they've reached out like the Chargers are a hot name potentially because they've got money to spend. The Chiefs, because obviously anytime there's a a potential trade, uh, the Chiefs are always a target. Uh, We'll keep our finger on the pulse. It's going to be a very, very faint pulse on this. If it's the AFC – you can sleep yeah. easy at night. You can you can sleep yeah. easy at night. But uh, if 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 it's the NFC West, you get a little uneasy. It is a little nerve wracking to know that he's available. He's an impact maker still. I, I don't doubt that. Um, us talking about the Cardinals being involved as much as we have is probably uh, a wasted time. But it was fun. It's fun to talk about this because they're in this window where they're going to go for it, and they should be making calls on virtually every player that becomes available that can make this roster better. I mean, if you're Green Bay, you have to trade for Leo Jones. <laughs> you just have to. You keep Aaron Rodgers. He will retire Green Bay Packer if you trade for Julio Jones. Give a first-round pick next year. Who cares? You've got your players. You've that, got everybody you need for the Thursday rest of, oh. of Aaron Rodgers' tenure there. That Thursday night game is... Oof. Yeah, it's going to be brutal. Alex Clancy, Bull Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Coming up next, we are going to recap the pro football-focused redraft or regrading of the 2020 draft coming up next. Cardinals had an A-plus out the gate. Uh, I'm assuming that they do not have an A-plus in the redraft from pro fo- or the regrade from pro football Focus. Alex Clancy, Bull Brock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll be right back. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at rockauto.com. Listen. You've heard me talk about rockauto.com. It's a website. You can access it at your home. 
You don't have to go to a chain storefront. You don't have to ask questions, uh, you know, to sales associates. You don't have to search aimlessly looking for a small part or big part or paint or whatever you're looking for. RockAuto.com's got you covered. Okay, the prices are reliably low. Whether it's for your, you know, weekend driver or your daily driver, prices are the same for manufacturers, do-it-yourselfers. It's all the same. Doesn't matter what car. Go to RockAuto.com and check out all the parts available for your car or truck. So go to rockauto.com and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Oh, Johnny Venerable, here's the thing, man. Um, Alex Nancy Bulbrock, Locked On Cardinals, Johnny, our boy from Revenge of the Birds, him and Blake Murphy do a great job over there. Um, great Twitter follows as well. Uh, we're waiting till the third segment, Johnny. Do not get me pissed off right now. Like, <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, his tweet was, fair or not, the NFC West does not anoint time for coaches to develop. The cool part about that is uh, Johnny and I were kindred spirits from about 24 hours ago when I said that exact same thing about Cliff Kingsbury and Bo was just drinking Cliff Kingsbury Kool-Aid. There are no carbs. You're guaranteed a six-pack and a great house in Paradise Valley with the Kool-Aid that Bo Brock drinks. Follow the podcast at Locked On AZ Cards. Again, Apple Podcasts is having issues. You can find it myriad other places. The Odyssey app, uh, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, etc. We are churning out content. We want you to hear it. And um, if you need something to fall asleep at night whenever Bo talks, just that that's where it is. Just record that. You can, instead of all, our planet or blue planet with David Attenborough to fall asleep to like mm-hmm. I do, I listen to Bo Brock's take. So hopefully it'll work for you as well. Pro Football Focus regraded the 2020 draft. And Bo, I'm going to kick it over to you. Again, you mentioned the Cardinals were given an A+. And the infusion of the DeAndre Hopkins trade, I'm assuming, helped with that. What is the regrade Sir, for the Arizona Cardinals, according to Pro Football Focus. Well, yeah, Nook gave them a very high grade, right? I mean, A-plus, something that Alex has never seen in his entire life. You 100% get, correct. You get DeAndre Hopkins as your second rounder, right? And then we, we also, they parlayed that into, he, he was our fourth rounder too this year, huh? I mean, you can't you can't have him as your, in your draft grade every year. But they had him, especially last year. So A-plus, you get it right. They also added Isaiah Simmons, very highly regarded defensive player coming out of the 2020 class, uh, but didn't see a lot of playing time last year. So the grade starts to kind of wane a little bit. Then your second pick in that draft, Josh Jones in the third round out of Houston. Guy who, according to Pro Football Focus, since they started grading tackles at the college level, had the highest grade ever. Ever. So they were high on these prospects. So they get the A+. The season happens. Simmons doesn't play. Josh Jones doesn't play. Your fourth rounders on the defensive line played out of necessity. I think a lot of people are like, okay, I think Rashard Lawrence is a good player from LSU. I think Lucky Fotu, given some maybe some hay down the line, he can be a good player, a rotational guy. So we're not out on the fourth rounders, and then you get no production from your sixth and seventh rounders. So the regrade, Alex, is according to Pro Football Focus, which has been making us scratch our head all week by one calling Kyler Murray the 17th best quarterback in the league earlier this week, and then giving the Arizona Cardinals still a decent grade. They go from A plus to a B plus, which is higher than what Mel Kuyper gave the Cardinals for this year's draft, which I thought is going to be more impactful than last year's draft. He got a B minus. So grading drafts. The, the the important thing here is what your first two picks are going to do, what they're going to develop into. 
and Isaiah Simmons is going to lead the way. If Isaiah Simmons takes a jump, if he's as pretty as Cliff Kingsbury says he is with Zayvon Collins, you know, this this draft class is going to be as, uh, it, it could tap into its potential that pro football focus made nearly unattainable. Yeah, I mean, I I just would like to see some positivity before getting a B plus. I mean, this is a grading on the DeAndre Hopkins curve. Yeah. You know? I mean, it just is. And, and that's fine. I mean, I listen, Isaiah Simmons has the tools. He just needs to be molded into an NFL inside linebacker if they're going to move him outside at some point when Marcus Golden moves on or something like that. We, again, have no idea what the defensive scheme is going to look like aside from the base set of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons going to be sitting next to each other in, in the interior of the linebacking core in the 3-4 set. But it's May. The way that you described uh, Kyle Murray the other day, is an amoeba. That's how yeah. you have to think about this defense. And with that, like, there's no, there's no blueprint. There's no, there's no way. And it, that's the toughest part, right? I mean, the toughest part about Isaiah Simmons, like, the talent's all there. The same thing with with Zayvon Collins. It's like the talent, you know, the builds. Like, they're built in a lab to be football players. But how, how do you take these sports cars and put them out on the autobahn? How do you really get to tap into the entire potential? How do you get them out of the parking lot? And that's the toughest job for Vance Joseph. Like, how does he really put these guys in positions to be successful? They're trying to create a new wave of an NFL defense. It doesn't exist. So that's the biggest problem here. Like, if you're going to have these guys, you got to have some sort of game plan on how you're going to deploy these soldiers that you have and how they're going to save and win the battles. I, I just don't know. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Well, unfortunately, the easy response to that is we've never seen it before because it doesn't work. You know, I mean, we would have seen it before if it worked, but ask... Ask Jimmy Johnson what it was like to bring safeties down to have him play linebackers 25 years ago well, yeah, when he was in Miami and, that, and then Dallas. I mean, things have changed, but Zayvon Collins is beefy, to quote my co-host <laughs> Bo Brock. I mean, he's six, what, 6'5", six, 250? He was and, 260. And, uh, he was just a six, donut or two under 270 come draft time. That's what we were reading. But, I mean, we see the picture of him at minicamp. Like, obviously, yeah. he's got some giddy-up. Like, he's faster than you and me, which is fantastic. Isaiah Simmons is 6'3", 240, runs a sub 4'5", 40. Like, sub he four, is – you're right. It's, right. What did I say? 4'5"? Yeah. Yeah. Sub 4'4". Four, four. He's built in a lab. You're right. Um, it's just – you hope that things start to work organically, and that hasn't happened yet. You know, like – so when when – when Chandler Jones went down last year, you got this magic bullet of Hassan Reddick that just, I'm going to be good at this now. We hadn't seen that at all, at all. I mean, he almost didn't make the roster two years in a row. But what at was all. the difference? What was the difference? What, what did Hassan Reddick finally have the luxury of from some continuity? Yeah, moving to his natural position. Yeah, natural right. position. Yeah, I get that. And then saying, this is, what, this is your defined role. Go get the quarterback. And that's, that's really dumbing it down, but it, they... They did, and he, he thrived. How are you going to do that for Zayvon Collins? How are you going to do that for Isaiah Simmons? Here's what, here's what on any given play you have to do. Do that. We don't know that. Like I don't, I don't know if Vance Joseph can, can relay that to his players because I don't know if they necessarily know. So, well, I mean, Zayvon Collins at least had, I think it was 88 snaps at inside defensive, uh, inside linebacker yeah. in college, So which is 88 more than Isaiah Simmons did. Yeah. Now, which is pretty much, what, a game and, and a quarter or something? You know what it's going to take for Isaiah Simmons to be on the outside? 
hit a quarterback twice really hard in one game. Be like, oh, you know what? Maybe he shouldn't be an inside linebacker. I trust Vance Joseph more than I trust any other coach on the coaching staff. Maybe Sean Kugler, but I mean, from uh, of the two of the two big wigs. Yeah, you know what I mean. Let, um, yeah, let me take a big like hangover uh, pee on your Cheerios real quick. As far as thank you, this the because when we talk about we've been talking about Isaiah Simmons, his ability to tr- you know change the perspective on this draft class and maybe get it back to uh, high grade, but. The Josh Jones thing, and, and our old colleague Jody Ayler pointed out, like he's already changed positions. We barely saw him last year, and I, I did a little digging. As far as the Steve Kime era is concerned, since just him drafting offensive linemen, and he's drafted a few enough to where you, it's not just a sample size. But only DJ Humphreys has been drafted, developed, and signed to an extension under Steve Kime. So the fact that Josh Jones is already changing positions, not seeing playing time, it's it's a little concerning. And DJ Humphreys was not a he. You had to wait till his fifth year option for him to pop like this. Right. So to think, okay, well, Josh Jones is going to be different. A guy that you know, as I said, graded very highly. He he didn't give up very many quarterback hits or, or anything at Houston playing in in the was it the American Conference. Um. The, the, he has technique issues. He's got to figure that out because, and to have confidence that that's going to happen, there's a full resume of failed offensive linemen that have been it. It's been a turnstile. Like there, there hasn't been a lot of success in this organization, at least drafted offensive linemen that have developed under Steve Kime and the coaching staffs. Yeah. I mean, the interesting part about that is, you know, on draft day and a couple of days before that, there was a rumor that Atlanta wanted to trade up to eight. And I think they were 16 or 17 and the Cardinals would have traded back. They would have got some draft capital and they were going to draft Josh, Josh Jones at 16 or 17. So the fact that he dropped to the third round, it throws the rule book out. If he was a first round pick, if they would have done that, he would have started already. But there's no pressure on him because he's technically a third round pick. So I, I think that the trajectory and the... I don't know the story. The storyline for a third-round pick offensive lineman is a little different than a first-rounder, than a quote-unquote blue chipper or supposed to be. You know what I mean? And it, it may be splitting hairs, but you're right. Like I want to see him on the field, but the fact that he didn't play it all last year, it's not. The fact that Kelvin Beecham came in and was a was a trailblazer immediately kind of surprised people. You know, I mean, you, you sign him off the trash heap. That was a Steve Kime special. We saw Andre Smith. We saw Justin Pugh. It didn't necessarily work out, and then Kevin Beecham comes in, and he does what he did. So I think that it was just a weird mix-up of Justin Murray playing fine on the right side and and Kevin Beecham playing well that, that kind of moved um, moved Josh Jones a little bit further down the depth chart. So we'll see. I mean, he's going to get his chance this year. I think we'll see a lot more of it. It's time. Next segment, Alex Clancy, Bo Brock, Locked on Cardinals. Throw it on Thursday, 4.0. Um, Bo... Uh, yeah, uh, him and I have been going at it since eight o'clock this morning on Twitter about Cliff Kingsbury and his acumen as a head coach in the NFL. Should he be trusted going into the 2021 season? We'll talk about that with several tributaries tied to it. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked On Cardinals. We'll be right back. But first, it's time to talk about our friends at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season's in full swing. You can track all the action at BetOnline. 
So before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your, on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their playoff runs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. Again, go to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And also, you know that I love talking about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. They're all chocolate covered. That's where you start. Okay, the flavors are awesome. It's not like a chore to eat them, which is fantastic. And again, they're chock full of protein, not a lot of sugar, high fiber, low calorie. It's everything you need. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors. Okay, and they have occasional limited time flavors also. So when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you're missing out. Coconut. Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So there's something for everybody. There really is. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box also where you get two of each of the nine flavors. Fantastic. So the 17 or 18 grams of protein in every bar, between four and five grams of sugar only, only four or five grams of net carbs. It's everything you need. It's, it's exactly what a protein bar should be. It's everything a protein bar should be. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, final segment. Locked on Cardinals. Follow him at Bob Brack. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. Thank you to everybody who listens. Uh, Bo came up with a great idea um, for doing Throwdown Thursday. This is our fourth one. Um, And... This one is going to be interesting because we've kind of released our anger portion of it, and now we're hopefully going to be able just to have irrational conversation as two people yelling at each other, which are, you know, they're different things. Um, Bo, I will give you the lead here, and um, the topic for everybody is Cliff Kingsbury. Can he be trusted? Why or why not going into the 2021 season? And the backup question, the secondary question is, should he be fired if they don't make the playoffs? Bo, the floor is yours. Wow, you're already changing up you know, the debate that we were having on social media. That's so what it is. We're, we're changing right? what the, the throwdown is. I mean, what we did, what happened was a couple days ago, Zach Lynn from Jimmy World, huge Cardinals fan, said on this show, and check out that podcast. I highly recommend it. He said he has his reservations about the coaching staff. There's no juice there between Cliff Kingsbury and... More so K2 than Vance Joseph. He did mention VJ as well, but more so on the offensive side. Said Cliff isn't even good at what he's known for, his calling card, and that's the offense. Um, so that spurred on a conversation. Ryan Cody from 12 News jumped in. Uh, we had some of our uh, of you guys jump in as well. And then then I, I was on the sidelines. I was, I was paying a little bit of attention to it, but not so much. And then I saw the tweet today saying that uh, this was from Alex. Cliff, what was it? It was, uh, here it is. My point is Cliff had Rosen as quarterback in 2019. They win two games, maybe, instead of a five-win team in 2019 like they were with Kyler. Wilkes wins more with Kyler at quarterback. So you're saying Cliff, or Wilkes had more, would have win more games in 2019 than Cliff? Is that what you're saying? I'm saying in 20, I'm saying in 2018 with that roster, 
if they had Kyler Murray and not Steve Rosen, yes, they would have won more than three games. Okay. And I'm saying that Cliff Kingsbury with Josh Rosen in 2019 in that roster would have won less than five games that Kyler Murray won. Okay. And then you said Kyler's legs gets them six wins and uh, in the first nine weeks, and it's all in broken plays, and it's not on Cliff Kingsbury's play calling. Is that right? I did. Okay. And that, that's just I did. factually incorrect. Like if you watch, if you look at the play designs, it's it's an RPO. It's it's either a wide open rush lane. They they just benefited from Kyler being a big time playmaker. That's fine, right? Okay. So uh, what I'm pointing out is you're wrong on all, like everything that oh. you that you tweeted in the 280 characters or, or less was was factually incorrect. So to start that off is Cliff Kingsbury. The jury's still out on. Right, I mean, to make the decision on a guy that was 35 and 40 in college, and you bring up to the NFL level, the expectation that he's going to be performing at in at, at like a playoff coach level by midway through year two, I think is unrealistic. The jury's still out. the The places where he fell short are places that I'm skeptical that he could figure it out and be in and develop into the guy that you want him to be. But at the same time. He is not a finished product. The guy has just turned 40 years old. I mean, where where he need there, there are glaring issues with Cliff Kingsbury. I will not deny that. But to say that, okay, the Cardinals, they can't win with this guy. I've seen enough. He's a lame duck coach. He's in over his head. I disagree with that. Yes. So the jury's out. Okay, agreed. Um, and just again, disclaimer, I want Cliff to succeed. I just haven't seen anything that would allow me to think that he will. The jury's still out. Absolutely. Let me tell you a quick story here, Bo. There was a guy I went to elementary school with named Ben Feynman. Okay. Ben Feynman and I were on the jury for this mock for this mock trial that we did when we were in fifth grade. You know who the judge of that mock trial or the yeah, the judge of that mock trial was? Ben Feynman's best friend. The mock the judge said, you know what? I want this person to be guilty. Ben Feynman, as we went into our deliberation, which is supposed to be for the people, by the people, Ben Feynman said, you know what? He's guilty. You can't tell me anything otherwise. You know why I bring that up? Because that's st- that's Steve Keim telling everybody that talks to him, you know what? Cliff's our guy. Doesn't matter why. Cliff's our guy. And through the first nine weeks, Bo, of last season, sure, if you're going to be the teacher, you're going to be the, the student that corrects the teacher on the 25 number of pi when we're doing it in class, that's fine. Sure, he didn't lead the team in rushing the first nine weeks. He averaged 67 yards per game when they started 6-3. and three. He averaged 30 yards per game, and they went 2-5 and five down the stretch. That's it. They are. This team is based solely on Kyler Murray's ability to make plays, not because Cliff Kingsbury puts him in a position to succeed. And that's the glaring issue for me. He doesn't put his best players in a situation to succeed. And I'm going to mention one more thing. Yes. 2020. Is it Ben Feynman led. The Cardinals led. I've been been Feynman on retainer, okay? The Cardinals led the NFL in penalties, and they smashed the the rest of the teams in false starts. By about seven. I think it was 32 to 25. That's coaching. That's not having everybody on the same page. That's not having control over your side of the ball, which is the only side of the ball you know anything about. So tell me why, if they don't make the playoffs this year, he, should be, he shouldn't be fired. And tell me why 
they're going to make the playoffs this year with him as the head coach. I, I love that you brought up the court analogy. I love that you brought in, let's bring in all the evidence and look at it. And because it, it only plays into my cards. Like, you just put on, you just ask OJ to put on the glove. If it don't fit, you must acquit. But when you look at Cliff Kingsbury and his resume of work, when you look at where the Arizona Cardinals were in 2018 offensively, it was one of the worst performances ever. They were in the Jurassic era, and Cliff Kingsbury has brought them up to speed. Despite what you think, like you can see on a series-by-series basis, but when you look at the overall work, the team went from 14 points to 23 points, from 23 points to 26 points. You've seen your franchise quarterback that you pivoted from, Josh Rosen, to develop. He took home the hardware as the Offensive Player of the Year. The Arizona Cardinals have gone from three wins to five wins to eight wins. The Arizona Cardinals, they're a better team under Cliff Kingsbury. To say that you can't work with this, what's the evidence outside of things that he can change, that he can get better at? That I'm not saying it's a slam dunk that's going to happen, but I'm not ready to kick him out the door yet because right now there's been more good and it's look, it's been easy. Like I know, like you're drafting first every round in the NFL draft, but that's Steve Kime in, in roster building. It's uh, it's just really interesting to me as far as Cliff Kingsbury. That when you bring up the analogy, I mean, this is a guy that's being called guilty before having to having to prove his innocence when it should be innocent until proven guilty. Two years is eons in this day and age of the NFL, you can tell immediately if a coach is equipped to be at the NFL level or not, unless you're given seven or eight years like Matt Rule as we talked about that yesterday. This is not that. This is not that. This is this is Steve Keim shifting from Josh Rosen to Cliff Kingsbury, Steve Wilkes to Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray is going to win in spite of Cliff Kingsbury until Cliff Kingsbury is no longer with the organization. The Cardinals won eight games. They should have won 11 last year, easily. And you mentioned it being it being Zane Gonzalez's fault. You tell me that Cliff Kingsbury has competent game plans offensively, and I will say that you are insane. I, I, I'm not gonna, A lot I'm, of look, this. I'm not going to go that far, but you can't. You know, just dismiss. Well, that's his job. You, you can't. Dis- that's his job is to have competent game plans. That's it. But you can't dismiss that if Zane Gonzalez clutches up just a couple times, they have a couple more victories, and they're in the playoffs. All they needed was one more win, and he comes up short, short on like a forty-five yarder. It was maybe even shorter than that, wasn't it? It was I mean, forty-nine that, yarder. That's a, yeah. I mean, that's unacceptable. But at the same time, okay. but hey, but I will play to this. I will say this: in the Seahawks overtime win, when he when they messed up and they needed and they ended up kicking it on second or third down, that put Zane Gonzalez in a really weird situation that the guy obviously wasn't mentally strong enough to deal with. That that's where the coaching comes in. I also will bring into the coaching equation that your offensive line gave up 50 sacks and then gave up significantly less in last season. Things have improved offensively, I mean, significantly. I'm just, here's where we are. Staying with the court analogy, and this, that's, that, this, that's the theme of this, this one, is the jury is still out. Are they leaning towards a, a guilty verdict that he's not the guy? Sure. 
But, uh, I mean, as far as the leash is concerned, I mean, we can talk about the greatest coach of all time. It took him until his fourth season to even get over 500. We're talking about Bill Belichick. I'm not I thought saying, you were talking about Kyle Shanahan. No? <laughs> yeah, Kyle, Kyle, <laughs> what, what other, like, wild move are they going to pull off to give, you know, lengthen his leash more? But he's a genius. There's no, there's like, there's nobody that, they're, they're not having a locked on 49ers debate about Kyle Shanahan, which is, which is wild to me. Like, these, these discussions have to happen. I don't, we have to discuss Cliff Kingsbury because it, it's something that's, that impacts this team. But I'm on the fence of, I'm going to see how he performs early this season, rebounds from where he fell short at the end of 2020, because I won't deny that. you got to have these tough conversations, but, man, uh, I'm glad we are because we're not just going to sit here, well, they got Trey Lance. He's going to be good. Think about what he can do with Kyle Shanahan's system. Perfect. It's going to be Bo- great soon. <laughs> just like- Armageddon. Armageddon. And this is where... It could get very tricky. Cardinals have four of the first six games on the road this year. Mm-hmm. If they start two and four, they will fire Cliff Kingsbury, and that's a wasted year. Instead of being smart and saying, you know what, Cliffy baby, eight and eight ain't going to cut it. Look at this roster. 40%, and I will say 40% on the nose of organizations would rather have the Cardinals roster than their own. One to 53 on game day. And they would be pining. There are people looking from the woodwork, pining to coach this team that would do a better job than Cliff. So it's not necessarily just about Cliff. It's about there being better options out there. And I think that Steve Kime would be remiss if he didn't just look. Instead of looking at himself in the mirror, putting lotion on his dome, saying, you know what? I've done everything I can. Because mm-hmm. that's seemingly what he thinks it is, because that's where we are. Well, now, again, yeah, again, Throw it on Thursdays over. That's going to be great. We're going to clip that up. We're going to put some stuff up there on Twitter and elsewhere. I do. We should talk about this for a second, though. Again, I want Cliff to succeed. And we've seen things inside him that show that he could potentially do it. Play calling specifically. It's like, wow, that was a masterful Hail Mary call. With one, no, like, like with a couple of things that he's done, we've seen, oh my sweet Lord. It was like Josh Rosen throwing passes. Wow, he's got that in the toolbox? If we could see more of that, maybe you got a future at the quarterback position. But Josh Rosen could put it together. And then with Kyler Murray, with Cliff Kingsbury, it's the same kind of thing. Just have to see good things strung together instead of just seeing it, you know, once a game or twice a game. That's all. And when we talk about Steve Kime, and this is where we kind of uh, like it, it, if we had the time to do a qualifier every show. Like if if he's firing another coach after less than three seasons, and I mean he's the one making the decision. He was the one that decided to pluck Cliff Kingsbury out of the Big Twelve after being fired. Went to USC for a month, and then said, "Okay, this is going to be the guy." I I don't know. I honestly don't know. Philly Bets to throw it on Thursday, we'd agree on. Um, you know, we're going long. Uh, thanks to everybody who listens. Bob Brock, follow him at, at Bob Brock on Twitter. Follow me at Clancy's Corner. Follow the podcast at Locked on AZ Cards. We've got a very special guest tomorrow. Bo talked about him yesterday and his brush up with K1. Chuck Harris, um, contributor for Cards Wire USA Today, is going to join us tomorrow. And um, we're going to hear his side. We're going to talk some Cardinals. It's going to be fun. Alex Clancy, Bob Rock, Locked on Cardinals. We'll talk to you tomorrow.